Well, my friends, we are getting dangerously close to the 2022 midterm elections. Debates are in full swing. We have multiple debates uh, that I will be live streaming this week and next week and the week after. And I want to start today with three important races where we have either a debate to talk about or a public appearance or something. We will first talk about Texas governor, which is incumbent Republican Greg Abbott versus Democratic challenger Beto O'Rourke. We will then talk about Republican senator from Florida, Marco Rubio, the incumbent against the challenger Democratic Congresswoman Val Demings, who is uh, uh, won the Democratic primary and is now facing Marco Rubio. And then we will talk about a very important race, Pennsylvania gubernatorial, where the Democratic candidate Josh Shapiro is facing off against the Republican uh, nominee. Uh, Doug Mastriano and Mastriano is one of the most dangerous and extreme candidates, and he is also cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. But we will get to that. Let's not get to the Cocoa Puffs right away. Start with Greg Abbott. We uh, did a live stream on YouTube, Twitch and Facebook last week of this debate. The debate is the incumbent Republican governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, against the challenger Beto O'Rourke. And we actually did learn a lot about Greg Abbott during this debate, including Uh, undeniable confirmation that Abbott is a completely disgusting and uh, a completely immoral and dishonest person, which is sort of like the trifecta for Republicans in 2022. Let's start with the first clip. In this clip, you will see Greg Abbott when presented with the reality about abortion in the world. He says, listen, you know, we're trying to get people baby supplies, so you don't really need access to abortion when you've got baby supplies, do you? Is plan B the alternative when it comes to somebody who is pregnant from rape or incest? Well, it depends on what you mean by alternative. An alternative, obviously, uh, is uh, to do what we can to assist and aid uh, the victim, uh, and that is to help get them medical assistance that they need uh, and the care that they need, but also uh, to know what their options are. They're going to to know that uh, the the state, uh, through our alternatives to abortion program, provides living assistance, baby supplies, all kinds of things that can help them. Also, we've increased funding for prenatal and postpartum care. Listen, guys, if you are and I shouldn't say guys because it's not guys. Listen, if you are in the situation where uh, you are raped by a family member and you become pregnant, sure, you might think that what you want is to decide for yourself with the counsel of medical professionals that you might want to not carry that pregnancy to term. We have this alternative where we'll give you baby supplies after you're forced to birth the baby. This is Republicans in 2022. Now, they deserve to suffer electoral losses as a result of this complete and utter insanity. Whether they will is a different question, and I don't actually know the answer right now. Also, during this very same debate, Greg Abbott got caught lying, just straight up lying. Here is Greg Abbott claiming he didn't coordinate uh, that uh, rather he denies that he didn't coordinate these political stunts where they sent immigrants to different uh, democratically run cities. He just straight up gets caught lying. Check this out. Governor, I want to talk to you. You talked about uh, migrants and the busing of migrants. Many migrant advocates and Democratic elected officials have expressed concerns about the treatment of migrants being bused from Texas to other states and cities. Here's New York Mayor Eric Adams talking about that just last week. Yep. And when we reached out to Governor Abbott and stated, can we coordinate can we identify, you know, who's traveling here that we don't have to guess this? They refuse to do so. The White House has called this a political stunt. Governor Abbott, is this a political stunt? And has there been coordination with the states and cities these migrants are being taken to? And if not, why not? You have 60 seconds. Sir. So this operation began after meeting with local officials, uh, <laughs> sheriffs. Understand how slick that is. He says, we have coordinated. We we coordinated with local officials here in Texas. No, 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 no. But Greg, the issue is why didn't you coordinate with the people in the cities where you were sending the migrants? He tries to slip in. No, we spoke to all sorts of people here in Texas. Not Mayors, police chiefs and county judges where they were overrun with the number of migrants that Border Patrol had dumped into the, to their tiny little communities. 
They needed relief, and busing was one of the ways of providing them relief, and thus began the process of busing the migrants to cities that self-identified as sanctuary cities. Mayor Adams has never called my office, never talked to anybody uh, in in my administration. uh, and And that is a lie. We now have the receipts. Thankfully, Fabian Levy, who is the press secretary to New York City Mayor Eric Adams, published emails with redacted email addresses where you just very clearly, very, very clearly see there are email chains. We have one up on the screen right now. They did attempt to communicate, and it was Greg Abbott that opted not to quickly proven to be a complete and total lie. Beto would have, uh, quite frankly, a very strong closing statement and uh, really puts significant pressure on Abbott on the issue of doing nothing about firearms violence in Texas. O'Rourke, we'll start with you tonight. 30 seconds for your closing statement. Your time starts now. Thank you. Look, I I don't think that Greg Abbott wakes up wanting to see children shot in their schools or for the grid to fail, but it's clear that he's incapable or unwilling to make the changes necessary to prioritize the lives of our fellow Texans. That's why it's on all of us to make sure that we have change at the ballot box this November 8th. I'll keep your lights on. I'll make sure that I keep your kids safe. We'll reduce property taxes and we'll prioritize the lives of each and every single Texan in this state. All right. So, by the way, the debate was a total disaster in terms of the format. There were times where the candidates were given 15 seconds to respond to something. It's you know, it's one of these things where the format becomes an enemy of itself, where in order to stick to this arbitrary format, they completely ruin the possibility of any deep discussion on any issue. So the, the unfortunately, we didn't really learn very much other than confirming some of the horrible things we uh, suspected about Greg Abbott going in. Now, one interesting thing, KXAN out of Austin, Texas, did a focus group before and after the debate, and they had them watch the debate. The debate itself turned a whole bunch of that room in favor of Beto O'Rourke. So check this out. This is the start and you'll see them put up the numbers. You guys had a lot to say uh, during during the focus group. We were able to track your reactions in real time. Um, But before our debate this evening, we polled you with a couple of questions. And one of the responses that we got, we want to share with you now. Um, We have a a graphic to show you. Uh, This is how you voted. If we as we. okay, so. Um, The way that the focus group voted before the debate was 40 percent said they plan to support Greg Abbott. Twenty seven percent said they plan to support Beto and 33 percent were undecided. I'm just going to skip through the two minutes of stuff that they talk about and just show you these final results after the uh, debate. The Abbott number was at 43 percent. Beto had exploded to 50 percent support in the room, leaving only seven percent undecided. So that's the good news on this race. The not so good news is that the the polling in general isn't very good for Beto. But again, the the idea is the debate might change that. On average, it is Abbott plus eight looking at official polling in that race. So if you live in Texas, a very important race for you to vote in. Let's talk now about Florida. Florida is a state where incumbent Republican Senator Marco Rubio is trying to stave off a challenge from a Democratic Congresswoman Val Demings. If I voted in Florida, I would vote for Demings over Marco Rubio. Marco Rubio appeared on CNN over the weekend. He sounded very, very sick. Hopefully it's not covid and just a cold, but he sounded ill. And he was confronted about the fact that in the past he has voted against funding for other states when they are hit with a natural natural disaster. But now he wants money for Florida when it's his state recovering from Hurricane Ian. Now, to, to remind everybody in my audience, I think they all should get the federal funds for disaster relief. But what we're talking about here is hypocrisy. Now, when Dana Bash confronts Rubio with this hypocrisy, he tries to pull some weird pork thing. And Dana Bash, good for her, is prepared for it, and she calls it out for the lie that it is. Check this out. Senator, you wrote a letter Friday to the Senate Appropriations Committee asking for disaster relief dollars for desperately needed resources to rebuild Florida communities. After Hurricane Sandy hit northeastern states in 2012, you voted no on a $50 Mm -hmm. billion relief package. I know you supported a smaller version, but why should other senators vote for relief for your state when you didn't vote for a package to help theirs. Right. 
Oh, I've always voted for hurricane and disaster relief. I've even voted for it without pay force. What I didn't vote for in Sandy is because they had included things like a roof for a museum in Washington, D.C., for fisheries in Alaska. It had been loaded up with a bunch of things that had nothing to do with disaster relief. And I wouldn't support disaster relief uh, efforts. I would never put out there that we should go use a disaster relief package for Florida as a way to pay for all kinds of other things people want around the country. So I think that's the key in moments like this. And, and Sandy, unfortunately, they loaded it up. They really did with well, a bunch of things that had nothing to do with Sandy. But get ready. I voted for every disaster relief package, especially the, that's clean. And I'll continue right. to do so when it comes to Florida. I'll do that again. And we'll make sure that that package is clean and doesn't have stuff for other people in there. I read the Congressional Research Service report last night. It sounds like that roof actually was damaged by the hurricane. And what happened in Alaska was... Turns out it wasn't a random roof, Marco. The result of another disaster. But in any event, my question is about the future. Are you telling me that if Hurricane Ian relief contains anything that smells like pork, you'll vote no? Sure. I'll fight against it having pork in it. Oh, well, that's a different thing. You'll fight against it, but you'll vote for it in this particular case. This is not unique to Rubio, not like in Rubio's defense. I mean, we're talking about Rubio because it's Florida. He represents Florida. But this is really common over the last decade on this program. It's been what, a dozen times, two dozen times that I've come to you all with peace and love and tears in my eyes. And I've said to you, here is another elected official from Oklahoma. Oklahoma just got hit with tornadoes. This very same Oklahoma official, when it was Superstorm Sandy affecting New York and New Jersey, they voted against it. And now they're saying, give me the money, please. We need it for the people. These are hypocrites and there's dozens of them. And it's not unique to Marco Rubio. But Marco Rubio is the guy running for reelection right now and checking in on the polling there. It's not great, but it's not terrible. Marco Rubio leading Val Demings on average by two point eight percentage points within reach, within reach. And of course, all these guys, and I do mean Rubio and DeSantis, all of a sudden they're friendly with Biden and they're all in favor of relief because they don't want to lose their office because of a disastrous botched reaction to Hurricane Ian. That's their priority right now. All right. Third, looking at 2022 elections, we go to Doug Mastriano. Now, the the context here is that Doug Mastriano is one of the most unhinged and dangerous top level uh, Republican candidates this election cycle. Doug Mastriano wants the voters of Pennsylvania to make him their governor. We have an alternative who's just completely uncontroversial and normal. His name is Josh Shapiro. He's the Democrat. And if you vote in Pennsylvania, I suggest that you support Josh Shapiro. Here is Doug Mastriano bravely taking the position at an event over the weekend that if he becomes the governor of Pennsylvania, he will ban pole dancing in public schools and he will ban pornography in public schools. Are are there those things in public school? Well, it doesn't really seem like it, but he's going to ban them very strongly. Check this out. And by the way, look at the crowd reaction. On day one, the sexualization of our kids, pole dancing and all this other crap that's going on will be forbidden in our schools. Ban it. On day one, all the graphic, pornographic books, the pornography, that are in elementary schools will be will be pulled out. They're gonna pull it out. On day one and done, critical race theory is out the window. Well, there it is. They don't know what it is, but they sure know how to throw it out of a window. What image does Doug Mastriano have of what happens in schools, like? Is there a lot of pole dancing in Pennsylvania elementary schools? It's sort of like I will ban heroin at lunchtime in our public schools. Oh, wow. That that sounds serious. Is there heroin being distributed at lunchtime? No, no, but I'm going to ban it right away. While you're at it, ban the virus as well and just take care of that problem. Fortunately, the polling in Pennsylvania looks pretty okay right now for Josh Shapiro. On average, Shapiro is leading this radical, unhinged Republican by 10 Shapiro plus 10.2 doesn't mean we stay home, doesn't mean we assume we have it in the bag, but it is looking like if everybody who says they're going to vote votes, Doug Mastriano will be sent back to wherever he came from and he can work on issues like pornography and uh, pole dancing in school. 
three of the races. We will talk about many more this week. We'll take a quick break. Let me know on Twitter at D Pacman. What race are you paying the most attention to? I've uh, seen several people in my life try to quit smoking or vaping and quitting has so many benefits, but it does require a strategy. And our sponsor fume is a one of a kind inhaler that can help you quit smoking as a replacement for the hand to mouth habit of smoking. There is no smoke. There is no vapor and there's no nicotine. Fume is just a small inhaler handcrafted from wood. It uses cores infused with fresh aromatic plant oils for you to taste and enjoy instead of a nasty cigarette or a vape. You can use fume while flying, which is a big plus because there's no smoke, no vapor, no nicotine. Fume has flavors like peppermint and conquer with a powerful minty sensation to simulate the menthol cigarettes. They have other flavors like cozy chai. I love chai myself and lemonberry bliss for a sweeter experience. Fume has helped thousands of people quit people who have tried everything else. Read the reviews. We talked to the fume team. They're very proud of the lives that they've impacted. Throw out the cigarettes, get rid of the vapes, head over to breathefumecom slash Pacman and use the code Pacman to get 10% off your entire order. That's breathefumecom slash Pacman promo code Pacman saves you 10%. The info is in the podcast notes. One of our sponsors today is BetterHelp. Uh, viewers of the show, listeners know I'm a big advocate of therapy. Uh, I think it's important to make it more accessible, remove any stigma that might be associated. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. BetterHelp is therapy done entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. Fill out a brief questionnaire. You'll be matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapists anytime at no additional charge. I'm a huge believer in talk therapy and BetterHelp is making it more accessible to more people. You can even find a therapist who specializes in certain areas, which maybe you can't find where you are geographically. There are lots of great benefits to doing therapy online. Get it off your chest. Visit BetterHelp. Go to BetterHelp.com slash Pacman Show today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash Pacman Show. The link is in the podcast notes. One of our sponsors is Sunset Lake CBD, giving you 20% off when you go to sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code Pacman. Unlike other companies using these cheap synthetic cannabinoids, Sunset Lake CBD extracts natural CBD oil from hemp grown on their family farm outside Burlington, Vermont. Sunset Lake CBD believes this transparent farm to table approach is the best way to spread the benefits of CBD. But don't just take their word for it. A certified third party lab tests every product to ensure accurate dosing. You can easily view the results yourself at sunsetlakecbd.com. Just click on the quality tests tab. A lot of people report CBD being useful for things like insomnia, stress, pain. Producer Pat uses Sunset Lake CBD gummies for sleep. He loves them. I've had their CBD coffee. It's excellent. They also have oils, flour, topicals. Maybe you've been thinking of giving CBD a try. Sunset Lake is where you want to go. They support the David Pakman show. They're socially responsible as a company. Go to sunsetlakecbd.com and use code Pacman for 20% off your entire order. The info is in the podcast notes. With absolutely no delay, because I respect all of you too much to delay any further, let's get right into the wacky political happenings in Warren, Michigan, that took place over the weekend. Later, we're going to get into Marjorie Taylor Greene's latest claim that Democrats are out there assassinating Republicans willy nilly. It's not true. We'll get to it a little bit later. But where was this all happening? Well, it was happening in Warren, Michigan, because failed former President Donald Trump dripping wet, just the sweat dripping off of him, more orange than ever, 
visibly scared about what is his future in this country in the context of four or more criminal investigations against him, dripping, just slathered. He rallied in Michigan, supposedly in support of a number of different Republicans. He barely spoke about them, as is often the case. The rallies are all about him. One such Republican is Tudor Dixon. That's her name, Tudor Dixon. And she is getting crushed right now by the Democratic incumbent Governor Gretchen Whitmer, despite Trump attacking Whitmer for the last three years since covid started. Trump starts his rally in Warren, Michigan. He now has a new election hypothesis. He claims that a guy named John James won his Senate race in 2020. John James lost his Senate race in 2020. So it's it's not just Trump's election that now he is lying about with no basis. In fact, whatsoever, he goes, I think John James actually won. Now, you might be like, no, John James isn't a a senator. And you'd be right because he lost. And somebody that I've known for a long time, he did great. I think he happened to win the last election for the Senate. I happen to think he won it by quite a bit. And now he's way leading. He's doing a fantastic job. He's got the most. Yeah. John James lost his election. He didn't win. Had he won, he would be a senator right now. Donald Trump also makes the extraordinarily disturbing comment that we will never have a fair election again in the United States. Well, then why would anyone vote? But I'm afraid we have never had. We, and I don't believe I don't believe we'll ever have a fair election again. Wow. That's a big statement. Now, certainly not if Trump has his say. I mean, listen, were it for Trump, had Trump gotten his way in 2020, the president right now would be the guy who didn't win anything. It would it would be the guy who not only lost the popular vote, also lost the electoral vote. He would be president right now. So when they say things like this, what we should hear is them saying, if it's up to us, there will never be a fair election in this country again. Uh, Donald Trump then still not really knowing much about dogs. Listen to what he has to say about dogs. Now think of it. They're against all of those things. The way they win is to cheat in elections. They cheat like dogs. They cheat like dogs. Dogs don't cheat. Donald Trump, we know his relationship with our canine friends is clearly very scrambled, but uh, dogs don't really cheat. Dogs actually are very much the opposite. Okay. Trump then suggests that China infected uh, the U.S. with covid to punish us because of the tariffs that Trump put on China, which, of course, Trump still doesn't understand, are actually paid by American companies. The American companies pay the tariffs when they import Chinese goods. We save many industries. We took in hundreds of billions of dollars in tariffs and taxes from China. They did not like me too much. That's why a lot of people said, I wonder why covid came here. I wonder why that's another it's another conspiracy theory. The reason covid came here. I mean, okay, fine. It started in China and then it went to Italy and then it went to London and that okay, eventually it got here. It was sent by China through many other countries as punishment for tariffs, which our own companies paid. It's economics, guys. Don't you understand what's so confusing about that? Uh, Trump then lies. And this is part of like the lurid stories part of his rallies. Trump lies that Democrats support abortion after birth. What? Who has ever said that? No one. But the radical Democrats believe in abortion and really right from the moment of birth and even after birth. You can't let this happen. There's no country in the world that wants what these crazy people want. They are radical. They want to rip. Except it's all not true. Babies from the wombs. Remember during the debate with crooked Hillary Clinton, I said they want to rip the baby from the womb even in the ninth month. Michigan, you need to dump this wild eye extremist Gretchen Whitmer. Yeah, Whitmer's going to win. And of course, there are uh, essential statistically, there are almost no abortions in the ninth month. Talk to OBGYNs. I've done it. We've done it on the show. We've we've talked about it. it essentially does not happen. If a woman comes in at, you know, 38 weeks pregnant and says, I think I want an abortion. What you, you think OBGYNs just go, sure, have an abortion. Uh, and then, of course, the the post birth thing is just completely fabricated. Trump then says that they presumably Democrats, I guess, want to see him in prison. I think they'd like to see me in prison. Can you imagine? I think they'd like 
You know why? You know why? Because they're sick. They're sick, sick people. Um, one of the things that's interesting is these Republicans love to say they are for law and order all the time. They say it. we're for law and order. We're for law and order. My position as someone on the left is not I want to see Trump in prison. I'm out for blood. It's if there is evidence that Trump should be charged, then charge him. And then if he is convicted, sentence him appropriately. And maybe that'll include prison time. That's law and order. OK, not what they claim. Trump then uh, sort of waxes poetic about authoritarian Chinese President Xi, where he talks about how great it is that he's just killing drug dealers. Much of the crime wave is caused by drug dealers who during their lives will kill an average of 500 American citizens. Think of it. Think of it. And I tell the story. I'll tell it quickly. But when I was dealing with China and when I was dealing with Russia and when I was dealing with all these countries, I got to know them all well. And I asked President Xi, they have 1.5 billion people. And they'd say, is he smart? I'd say, yes, he's smart. And then the press would say, he's saying President Xi is smart. Yeah, he's the ruler of 1.5 billion. He's smart, very smart, beyond smart. I said, President, do you have a drug problem? No, anyway, no. then he tells the story of how she told him that they execute the drug dealers and they have like a hundred percent conviction rate. When I hear about a hundred percent conviction rate, I start wondering, is that really a fair justice system? But Trump is completely enamored by it. Then we get to the big finish, which now includes a sort of QAnon music backdrop. Uh, this is now a regular part of these rallies in the history of the world. I have not added this music. Last time, some of my viewers thought I added the music. This, they are now doing this at the rally. But now we are a nation in decline. <laughs> we are a failing nation. <laughs> we are a nation that has the highest inflation in 50 years. So anyway, uh, why is it that the cults never have good music? I've noticed that there's just the music's always so weird. Um, we laugh to avoid crying because this is really, really disturbing. And it sort of gets awkward at one point during this musical uh, portion of the speech when Trump talks about brutal murders. He, he loves using these lurid examples of, of violence to whining about flight cancellations, which, of course, don't affect him since he flies private. And it's all really awkward. Thieves are allowed to go into stores and openly rob them, beat up the help and kill people. They will kill people and they kill them at will if necessary and even if not necessary. And there is no retribution. They're doing necessary and unnecessary killing. Well, if they're necessary, are they really evil? What does that even mean? Very confusing. We are a nation whose once revered airports are a dirty, crowded mess where you sit and wait for hours and then are notified that the plane won't leave. And they have no idea when they will as a nation. <laughs> Trump also is furious that he has not gotten credit for some of his recent flights to his frequent flyer miles when they will be delivered and when you will be delivered to your destination. It's all right. I can't I can't do any more of it, but it's gone completely cult like and an extraordinarily dangerous and unhinged speech. The good news, if there is any, is that a bunch of the people Trump is supporting in Michigan seem to be heading towards some pretty humiliating losses. One last really funny moment. I believe this was after the speech, but maybe it was before. And again, the speech was in uh, Michigan. This guy, Brian Glenn, who's one of the hosts on Right Side Broadcasting Network, this guy, Brian, has been interviewing Trump for years all over the country. They go to every rally and Trump talks to him about your governor, Gretchen Whitmer, as if he doesn't even recognize that this is the same dude who is not from Michigan. And he's been interviewing Trump dozens of times a year. Look at this. Presents the values of the people from Michigan. And your governor's done a very poor job. As you know, we've lost a lot of business in Michigan. They've lost a lot of jobs in Michigan. I think Tudor's going to do very well. Mr. President, always a pleasure. So anyway, Trump doesn't even seem to know who he's talking about there. Scary stuff. But remember, it's always scarier that people follow this stuff 
And that's what we're going to talk about next of uh, Saturday night. Trump rally in Warren, Michigan, in support of Tudor Dixon and a number of other Republican candidates, Trump dripping wet, afraid. We already talked about that part. Let's look at some video of the people who said, I'm going to go to this rally. Here is a woman who claims to teach economics. I don't know where her Ph.D. in economics is from or anything. And she says she's telling her students. And again, we don't know where this is happening to buy gold and silver. And so I just really do my best in regards to teaching them about economics, showing them the value, talking about silver and gold and precious metals versus investing in the stock market. No supply and demand curves. None of that stuff. Uh, Gold coins. Because I say at the end of the day, what would you rather have in your safe? Would you rather have gold and silver, dollar bills or stock certificates? What's going to really give you that value that you can take home? Uh, uh, Probably one of the most cited economic scholars in the world. And it's just my ignorance where I have not heard of this woman. Again, unclear where she's teaching economics. There was a guy at the Trump rally who it's whenever they mention anyone who's gay, like there's a comment about uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene mentioned Pete Buttigieg, and she just can't avoid a homophobic comment when she mentions a gay person. Here's a guy who mentions mentions Anderson Cooper and again, like makes just a weird homophobic comment. First prime minister in a Catholic hardcore country and she won with that much landslide. Where is all of them to be happy with it? Right. Nothing. Zero. Zip. Silent. CNN. They don't say anything. What's his name? Anderson Cooper. He's a gay. He's supposed to support that. No, for women's right. Baloney. Where is he? Yep. Anderson Cooper is a gay, as this individual points out. And therefore, Anderson Cooper should like the new radical neo-fascist prime minister of Italy because she's a woman and gay men like women's rights. Quite a political analysis from this gentleman. Really interesting. Um, He also later was interviewed or earlier, who knows, earlier, later, um, and said that Jared Kushner's ability to solve problems is just incredible. Him and his Kushner, his son-in-law, Amazing. This guy like has a magic wand. They can fix it all. Yeah. Uh, and remember, Jared Kushner was assigned by Trump to solve the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. And, uh, you know, we all know how that turned out. One woman that was interviewed by Real America's Voice at the Trump rally over the weekend, she threw herself at the mercy of the audience, apologizing because she used to be on the left. Listen to this. I wanted to apologize to humanity for voting for the Antichrist Obama. I deeply apologize. I used to be a Democrat. I was blue all my life. She was blue. I was also pro-choice, and I was an atheist until January 21st. And now she seems to have a cross that she's wearing. So she went from being an atheist to being a Christian. 2021. I had a sudden awakening. It was it was absolutely crazy. So I went from blue to red to MAGA and I'm here and I absolutely love it. Well, I want to tell you, you don't have anything to apologize for. Uh, we all make mistakes in our life and, and, and that's where God's grace comes in. I right. mean, that, that's it the is. biggest thing for me. Is it is. The Lord. It is. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. I, I wrote about it on my sub stack. She's got a sub stack. Oh, beautiful. Would believe me, except my husband was there when it happened. It it, it happened so suddenly and so amazing. And it was almost like a stroke. It happened so quickly. It was just like a switch was turned on. There it is. A memory stick was like stuck into my brain and I just started preaching out of nowhere. It was the most insane thing. It sounds like it. It absolutely sounds like it. That's very interesting. Couple other clips. Here's some people at the Trump rally with the so-called election integrity force who are trying to sign up so-called poll challengers to challenge votes. And part of what we're doing is uh, teaching uh, classes and courses, trying to credential as many poll challengers as we can. By the way, credential, it's such a that that's an interesting term for what they're trying to do. Quite a credential they get. So are you signing up folks so that if they want to be a poll challenger, they can? 
Yes, absolutely. You can go to mc4ei.com or electionintegrityforce.com and sign up to be a, a, a poll-challenging volunteer. We are uh, credentialing people all over the state, so you don't have to be here uh, in Macomb. Or- yeah, it's quite a credentialing body that this guy is doing. Okay, and then lastly, here's a woman who loves that the Republican candidate, Tudor Dixon, for governor in uh, Michigan, is completely against all abortion. This woman loves it. If she got uh, 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 molested by a family member, she would keep her child. And I'm right with Tudor. I would keep mine, too. So please, don't not vote for Tudor. Um, give up on Tudor because she's saying she does not want abortions in Michigan's under no exceptions. I'm willing to um, go even a little bit extra and say that me and Tudor, we will have discussions and I will be sitting with her and we will make a way because this is the way we will do. Planned Parenthood should be working vigorously and effortlessly for those abortion laws, not uh, Tudor Dixon. They should get monies for these women. If abortions won't be in Michigan, then fly those women somewhere and get them some help because no, I do have sympathy for people who's raped and incest, but Planned Parenthood should get monies and send these women to another outside state that's close. Okay, so I guess what she's saying is she's against any exceptions for rape and incest. But she's empathetic to people to whom that happens, but fly them to a different state. That's very weird and extraordinarily scrambled, but it is what it is. Scary stuff at the Trump rally. And we will have all of these clips on our Instagram, which you can find at David Pakman show. The David Pakman Show's longest running sponsor is Blinkist, the app that takes thousands of nonfiction books, boils each of them down into an explainer you can read or listen to in 15 minutes. Blinkist also condenses episodes of popular podcasts into 15 minute explainers. I've been using Blinkist for years to supplement the books I read. I love reading. I I read all the time. But there's even more books I don't have time to read. And you can often find those nonfiction books on Blinkist and consume the entire thing in 15 minutes. My favorite new feature on the app is Blinkist Connect, which lets you share your Blinkist premium account with someone else. You basically get two accounts for the price of one. And then you can also share Blinkist books and podcasts between users. I have a joint Blinkist premium account with my girlfriend Blinkist Connect lets us sync together what books and podcasts we're listening to on Blinkist sparks many interesting discussions. We just listened to Robert Greene's The 48 Laws of Power, the new version. Robert Greene, super interesting writer, find his books fascinating. You can try Blinkist free for seven days and get 25 percent off a premium subscription at Blinkist.com slash David Pakman. That's B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T dot com slash David Pakman to get Blinkist free for seven days and 25 percent off a subscription. The link is in the podcast notes. I often have a very hectic schedule and I don't always have the time to plan the exact nutrition of all of my meals. But our sponsor, Athletic Greens, just makes it easy to make sure I'm getting the nutrients I want. I've been using it for almost a year now, and it's great. AG1 by Athletic Greens is a delicious plant-based blend of 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, and probiotics from whole food sources. If I have just one small scoop of AG1 a day, I know I'm getting the nutrition and nutrients that I want that support all of the things that are important to me. The only alternative would be to take 20 different vitamin pills and things every day. I'm not doing that. I don't want to do that. AG one is super tasty. You can put it in a smoothie. I drink it straight. Achieving good nutrition and feeling your best does not have to be complicated. You can make AG one part of your daily routine the way I have done. When you go to athleticgreens.com slash Pacman, you will get a one year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs. That's athleticgreens.com slash Pacman for a one year supply of vitamin D. The link is in the podcast notes. All right. So I teased this story earlier, and I think it's a really important one because it is exactly the type of deception and stochastic terrorism, quite frankly, that will lead to real world violence. The headline that started floating around is 
Democrats have started killing Republicans. Democrats are just murdering Republicans. And the questions are, where did that come from? And where is this supposedly happening? Well, where it came from is a Republican Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene speaking at the Trump rally in Warren, Michigan over the weekend. Uh, Daily Beast covered it. Many media outlets covered it. And the headlines are something like Marjorie Taylor Greene says Democrats have started killings of Republicans. Let's listen to what she had to say. And as is often the case, actually, you know, should I explain now? Let's let's play it first. Let's just play it. And then there's plenty to talk about here. We're all targets now, though, for daring to push back against the regime. And it doesn't stop at a weaponized legal system. By the way, use of the word regime to suggest that the Biden administration is anything other than a democratically elected presidency. I'm not going to mince words with you all. Democrats want Republicans dead, and they've already started the killings. An 18-year-old boy was run down by a Democrat driver who confessed to killing the teenager simply because he was a Republican. That's not true, and I'll tell you about it later. Michigan, just last week, an 83 year old woman was shot in the back for advocating for the unborn. That is also not true. And I will tell you about that story in a minute. Joe Biden has declared every freedom loving American an enemy of the state. But under Republicans, we will take back our country from the communists who have stolen it and want us to disappear. We will expose the unelected bureaucrats, the real enemies within who have abused their power and declared political warfare. All right. So first of all, there there are no communists that have taken over. Joe Biden's not a communist. The communists and the socialists really don't like Biden because they say he's basically just a centrist uh, Republican light capitalist. Okay, so there's there's no communists here. That's just nonsense. The rhetoric that Marjorie Taylor Greene is using there is completely uh, unacceptable and it is very dangerous because the lunatics in the audience will hear it and they'll believe it. And then they might go go and say, well, listen, if the Democrats are just killing Republicans on site, then we can do the same. But understand that the stories that Marjorie Taylor Greene told aren't true. She says a Democrat ran over a Republican because he was a Republican, just ran him over with his car. What happened? And you can Google the story. Two morons, more than likely, got into a political argument. We don't know whether alcohol or substances were a factor, but two people got into an argument. It was an argument about politics. The argument escalated and one of them jumped in his car and hit the other person with his car. It was a Democrat who hit a Republican. It's wrong. It's a crime. Political discussions should never escalate to that, should be charged, should be punished if convicted. But Marjorie Taylor Greene wants you to think some guy just drove by someone with a MAGA hat that he didn't know and ran him over like it's just some kind of street assassination. This was an argument that became a fight that went crazy. Crimes were committed, punished the criminals. But it's not my neighbor's a Democrat. I'm going to go run him over. Didn't happen. Okay. Then she says an 83 year old woman was shot for advocating for the unborn. It's not what happened. Okay, Google the story. A man in Michigan was charged for shooting an elderly woman in an altercation that involved an accidental shooting. Richard Harvey is 74 years old. The story, as far as we know right now, is that Joan Jacobson was campaigning door to door in Michigan against abortion. That part is true. Um. Joan Jacobson came to the door of the Harveys. Harvey and his wife were arguing. They had a disagreement with the woman who was going door to door arguing against abortion. Um, And then at a certain point, the guy grabbed his uh, what what are the details here? Grabbed his uh, rifle, a 22, grabbed a 22. Uh, The rifle belonged to the guy's wife and said, hey, you got to get out of here. You got to get out of here and fired a warning shot at a tree. Now, I it's already wrong. I'm already completely against it. Okay, then he says that he, quote, without thinking, tried to hit the woman's clipboard out of her hands with the rifle. And at that point, he accidentally 
shot the woman. So negligent discharge should be charged with a crime if the investigation determines one was committed, as I always say. But it was not a story the way Marjorie Taylor Greene paints it is there was a pro-life event and a guy showed up with a rifle and shot a pro-life protester. This was another one of these altercation, altercation, confrontation things. I'm not defending them, but they are not the lurid assassinations I mean, that that uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene claims them to be. Trump does this a lot during his speeches. Trump will st- tell stories like uh, we we just saw the conviction of an illegal immigrant who was released into the public and shot someone dead. Right. And then you look up the story and the crime happened when Trump was president. Yes. Now they were convicted. But what does it matter? The crime happened when Trump was president, trying to make the point that under Biden, these things are happening, even though it it happened under Trump in some of these cases. Look up every one of these. And of course, extraordinarily dangerous, because when people on the right hear these stories, they become more likely on average to act out in violent ways because they believe that the left is doing it. Extraordinarily dangerous stuff. Okay, last like side ancillary story from this event that took place in Michigan, this Trump rally in Michigan, which is just completely and totally wild. I do have a couple of Mike Pillow clips here. Mike Pillow, also known as Mike Lindell, the CEO and founder of Mike Pillow. He was at the Trump rally in Warren, Michigan. He was interviewed by Right Side Broadcasting, and he made the claim that the FBI found him at the Hardee's where they seized his phone because they illegally put some kind of a tracking device on him. Now, does he have any proof of this? No, he doesn't. It was like one o'clock or no, like I guess 1130. How did the they know where you were? Were they following you? No, we had no idea. So we did pulled the FBI? In, no, they... we pulled into a Hardee's. Well, how did they know they tracked me illegally? They tracked put a tracking device. In. Yeah. Or my phone. We don't know yet. We're trying to get to the bottom of that. But what they did. We just don't know. You know, if they had a suspicion that pillow was in town, they probably just said, let's just wait at Hardee's. He's probably bound to show up eventually. In all seriousness, isn't the tracking device his phone? Like we all carry these phones around and we mostly all have GPS enabled. Like he's willingly carrying it around until the FBI took it. Just Mike pillow really not making too much sense. Um, And then, oh, one more pillow clip from the rally here. He was kind of jumping on the some Republicans are bad train saying that the Republicans nominated in Georgia aren't good. And by by the way, what he means by that is that the Republicans in Georgia weren't as willing as he wanted them to be to try to just give Georgia's electoral votes to Trump, even though Biden won. We're doing a class action lawsuit against all machines. Okay. anyway, here's the explanation. I don't care. You know, you got down in Georgia, you're stuck with those three uh, because they're Republicans. What's better? What's to me? There's nothing worse than evil. Evil doesn't show sides. Evil doesn't show. um, Oh, you're a Republican or you're a Democrat. No, it holds no bounds. So you have the I I believe the worst three Republicans in history down in Georgia (laughs) ever, ever. And because of the cover up that they've done. And then here you. Yeah. So what he means is. I would like them to have given Trump Georgia, even though Biden won it. That's effectively what Mike Pillow is saying here. Uh, And then meanwhile, by the way, if he's saying these three are the bad candidates, by definition, it means that Herschel Walker in Georgia must be a good candidate, which is laughable and also really, really scary. So that's all the stuff I want to talk about from Michigan. We heard from Trump. We heard from the audience members. We heard from Marjorie Taylor Greene, and now we heard from Mike Pillow. You tell me who's the scariest. I, I kind of lean towards it's the audience, because without the audience, none of these people get any attention. But because they have followers, they have influence. And that is truly, truly sick stuff. One of our sponsors is all form the easiest way to design your own custom sofa. I have one from all form. Unlike other companies, all form lets you choose the fabric, the size, the shape, color, even the color of the legs. I have not one, but two all form sofas. I've had them for years. They look good as new. Definitely the most comfortable furniture I own. And it gets even cooler because all form sofas are completely modular. You can buy a sofa and if you move, you can adapt it to the new space by adding on to it or rearranging its elements. 
That is definitely not something you get from your typical sofa company. All form has everything from eight piece sectionals to love seats and armchairs. Everything is made in the USA using premium materials. All form makes sure that assembly is really easy. I didn't even need any tools, which is good because I have very few tools and you can keep the sofa for over three months and send it back free if you don't like it for a full refund right now. All form is giving my audience 20 percent off all orders at allform.com slash Pacman. That's a l l f o r m dot com slash Pacman. The link is in the podcast notes. I saw a super interesting headline this morning about the U.S. military, and we've talked about the U.S. military so much on this program. It relates to foreign policy. It relates to budgetary priorities. It relates to culture in many ways because there is this military culture that exists in the United States. Okay, so what's the headline? The headline from the Army Times is that the Army has missed its recruiting goal by about 15,000 soldiers. And as you read through the article by Lolita Balder from the Associated Press, you see that that 15,000 soldier shortfall is about 25% of its recruitment goal this year. Now, at big companies, when you miss earnings projections by 2%, it's a pretty big deal. So understand that falling 25% short, and the military is a large organization, falling 25% short of your recruitment goal for a year uh, is a really, really big deal. The um, article also points out that all military services struggled in what they're describing as a tight jobs market to find young people both willing and fit to enlist, Uh, adding while the army was the only service that didn't meet its target, all others had to dig deep into their pool of delayed entry applicants, which will put them behind as they begin the next recruiting year on Saturday. Um, The article, to its credit, says The worsening problem stirs debate about whether America's fighting force should be restructured or reduced in size if the services can't recruit enough and also puts added pressure on National Guard and reserves to help meet mission requirements. So there's actually a bunch of interesting layers to this conversation. First of all, is just the question, why aren't as many people as at times past applying or are the people applying not meeting the relatively modest um, but but still there? Uh, requirements for joining the military when it comes to physical fitness and and health conditions and this sort of thing. One really interesting aspect to this is that wages are up in many sectors, including sectors that could be alternatives to joining the military. And if you look at a wage and salary growth in the United States, this is a chart looking at the last 25 years. You see that basically dating back to sort of early in 2020, the pandemic, quite frankly, there has been significant wage growth in the United States. Now, there are those who will say this is a good thing because people are making more. Some on the right who often criticize lack of of wage growth when there's a Democratic president now say the wage growth is bad because it's part of inflation, which is making it hard to hire people. The right is going to say it's bad no matter what if a Democrat is in office. But let's be quite frank and direct about this. If you can make a better wage not joining the military, There are lots of people who will choose to do the job outside of the military or said a different way when wages aren't as oppressively low outside of the military. It's going to be bad for military recruiting. Now, there's also sort of political reasons why folks might not be jumping to sign up for the military at this point in time. Look at someone like Republican Congressman Matt Gates, who over the last week has been in a bunch of viral video clips saying, why don't we get rid of the VA altogether, the Veterans Affairs Department? And of course, you might believe that he really wants to improve care for veterans by getting rid of the VA and doing it a different way. But for the most part, veterans like the VA. And it's probably not helping recruiting that you have even Republicans who are supposedly always for the military and veterans uh, openly hostile to some of the aspects of uh, of, of, of the, the military world, which includes the VA um, and saying we should we should get rid of that. We have the stories of female service members regularly assaulted and worried that if they report the assault within the military, 
they will be sent for a psyche valve, maybe deemed unfit for service. And they are the ones who will who will suffer rather than the person they accuse of assaulting them. But that's just the kind of nitty gritty of why might we be seeing this problem? And of course, you can also make the claim, although I don't have data on it, um, that maybe people who are targeted by the military to join aren't seeing it as a valiant mission compared to at times past. We know recruiting after 9-11 went sky high because so many people thought if I join the military now, I'm going to be able to do something to stop or hurt the people that did 9-11. Then they were sent to Iraq, which had nothing to do with 9-11 and the rest is history. But that's not the story for today. But there's a whole other aspect to this, which is it should make us ask the question, why does the military need to be so big? Uh, And we can talk about big in terms of what it costs, but also huge militaries can cause foreign policy blunders. And we we've seen this in the past. If you look at stories from the Korean War, Vietnam, to some degree, when you have a really big military, it can make one believe that it is even more powerful and invulnerable. And you make military decisions that go above and beyond even the power that you have. And it can lead to very bad military decision decisions, create quagmires, um, uh, endless uh, uh, sort of like a constant rotation of loss of life. It's kind of what's happening to the Russian military in Ukraine right now. They do have the stronger military, but they overstated in their own minds even the strength. And so there's lots of geopolitical reasons why having a big military Uh, isn't necessarily the best thing. And of course, if you're someone like me, a progressive social Democrat, I want I'm not for abolishing the military that I recognize there are threats to the United States. The U.S. should have a military, but it shouldn't be nearly as large and far reaching as the one we have is. And so much of the money that is spent on defense could be better spent elsewhere. I won't give you the full rant of all the areas in which it could be spent, but I have many clips and stories about that. So needless to say, the military struggling to recruit what comes next. And, and to be clear, this has nothing to do with Joe Biden. There are I saw anecdotally on Twitter people saying this is because Biden has disgraced the country. So no one wants to serve. There's no evidence of that whatsoever. I also saw this is because of Joe Biden's student loan debt relief, because one of the reasons people were joining the military was because they needed money to pay off their student loans. First of all, that debt relief was only just announced and that couldn't possibly be the reason why in the last year there was a shortfall in recruiting. Uh, and number two, you're sort of saying like we need to keep people really desperate financially so that they'll join the military. That's not really that doesn't speak wonders about the American military if that's what it takes. Let me know your thoughts. I don't know that this problem is going to abate anytime soon. Republicans and right wingers are again furious about candy. Now, if this rings a bell, it's because Tucker Carlson was furious about candy not that long ago. Check out this clip from OAN where they are furious that M&Ms have gone woke by introducing a purple M&M representing inclusiveness and acceptance. Isn't that just terrible? Right. M&Ms, you know, the candy we all grew up eating. Well, they released their brand new character in over a decade, and the brand new character is Purple M&M, which is supposed to represent inclusivity and acceptance. I think it's a female character, but I'm pretty sure they haven't said. Maybe it's transgender. Joining me now. There you go. For a very big explosive reaction to the new M&Ms thing. They focus on the dumbest things because they completely lack an interest and ability to talk about actual policy issues. There was recently a headline I'm not covering. I don't know that it's a story in and of itself, but I saw a headline this morning about how in 2017 Barack Obama was telling uh, Democrats that there's really just no policy. There's not even a semblance of policy from Republicans that the party is essentially a joke. That's my word, not Barack Obama's. And this has been increasingly the case for a while. And these are when we say social issues, it's gone beyond social issues. It's not even about like abortion and gay marriage anymore. It's about 
M&Ms. And again, if it rings a bell, Tucker Carlson also had a story back in January. It feels like it's been years, but it was only about 10 months ago where Tucker was upset that the androgynous design of M&Ms was no longer turning him on, quite frankly. Remember this lunacy? Finally, tonight, we don't usually give story tips to NPR, but here's a story they might want to cover pretty soon and doubtless will. M&M's, the candy company, has just announced that it's redesigning its cartoon characters to be more gender inclusive. She didn't think M&Ms were pushing intolerance, but they were. They've been changed. You're seeing the changes right now on your screen. The green M&M, you will notice, is no longer wearing sexy boots. Now <laughs> she's wearing sensible sneakers. Why the change? Well, according to M&Ms, quote, we all win when we see more women in leading roles <laughs> because leading women do not wear sexy boots. Leading women wear frumpy shoes. The frumpier, the better. That's the rule. The other big change is that the brown M&M has, quote, transitioned from high stilettos to lower block heels, also less sexy. That's progress. M&Ms will not be satisfied until every last cartoon character is deeply unappealing and totally androgynous until the moment you wouldn't want to have a drink with any one of them. That's the goal. When you're totally turned off. We've achieved equity. Tucker for a long time was really turned on by the design of M&Ms. And all of a sudden they are no longer turning him on, which is a really sad thing. And woke has won. Apparently, guys, they are focused on the dumbest things. And it is not an, a glitch. It is a, a feature, not a bug. They know there's no policy left. They know they're losing on policy. You ask the American people, hey, should the rich be taxed in order to ensure that nobody falls below a certain level of standard of living? Most people agree with that. That's not good for policy when it comes to these Republicans. So instead, they talk about I'm no longer turned on by M&Ms because of woke people. That, that's that's where we are. And it's not stopping anytime soon. We have a voicemail number. That number is two one nine two David P. Here's an interesting voicemail. A guy recounted a conversation he had with uh, someone he works with, I believe. And there is such misunderstanding among right wingers about such basic things. Listen to this voicemail and then we'll discuss it. OK. Hello, David. This is Bob from Texas. Yeah. Uh, I was having a conversation with a coworker or my manager, I should say, and he was saying he was complaining about um, the covid relief and saying that it affected his 401k and mm. how much he, you know, could put into it or, or something like that. And oh, man. And I explained, I, to, I told him, well, Trump did two of them, and, you know, you should be doubly mad at him right. uh, instead of Biden, you know. And, and I just had, I know, I should probably do some research of my own, but how does, how does the COVID relief funds affect 401k. And I know you're a big finance guy. You may have some insight on it. Yeah. So listen, here's the first of all. A ton of the so Trump has started saying this at his rallies, your 401ks are doing terribly because of Biden. What does that really mean? It's the stock market. Okay. when people talk about a 401k, a 401k holds the same types of assets anybody might hold directly. So it's stocks stock mutual funds, bond mutual funds. So re what they're really saying is 401k balances go up and down when the stock market goes up and down. So understand that the when they talk about 401k, what they really mean is the stock market. OK, what some right wingers have claimed is that covid relief packages increased inflation and therefore pushed down the value of the stock market. So as the caller points out, if you're mad at Biden for doing that with one covid relief package, you should be doubly mad at Trump for doing it with two. The reality is that the effect of those covid relief packages on global markets and the American market overall is quite limited. But I actually think that's not even the right conversation to have. The right conversation is zoom out and think for a second. Does the stock market tend to do better when there's a Democratic president 
or a Republican president. And the data are clear. The stock market on average does better under Democratic presidents. Now, the last couple of months haven't been good under Joe Biden. Let's wait and see what happens at the end of, of his term. It is not always the case, but it is usually the case that stocks do better under Democratic presidents when stocks do better. 401k accounts do better. Let's wait until Joe Biden's term is actually complete. We're not even two years in at this point in time. And by the way, look up all of this stuff on your own. Unemployment tends to be lower under Democratic presidents. GDP growth tends to be higher. Job creation tends to be higher. There tend to be fewer or there have been fewer recessions under Democratic presidents, even accounting for the difference in number of years of Democratic for Republican presidents. Look it up yourself and then ask about causation correlation and then we can have a real serious discussion. But these confused statements don't do much for any of us. We've got a great bonus show for you today. I'm out of time, but sign up at joinpacman.com. We've got a doozy of a bonus show for you when producer Pat joins us.